Big Time. Top Geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capabilities. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Needy Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Yeah. <laughs> 
Looking back now, like, okay, we're, this, you know, this is the final season, so we're going to... Which is a big thing for him, because he was sick. I was saying, the floor was good. He was amazing. There were a couple of other characters in the But, uh, I'm trying to say that one of the one being anyway. I had a hard time watching the whole series. Oh, well, so you have a catch the whole time, not in Thank you. 
Uh, and I did that in two different ways. It was short enough to do two different kind of sides, you know, one more stern and short shade and one more full basin. So when I booked it, though, um, they sent me the script, which was written in my now I have to learn another language, which is, and it sounds like it's a combination of like Klingon Hebrew and German thrown together. That's the sound of it. Audibly, it's quite sticky to hear. Um, and they sent an audio file with a template so that I knew how to pronounce it in German. So I practiced it and they had a translation as well. So I could learn what certain words even meant in the intention. I could invest my emotion. I wasn't just saying gobbledygook. And I could invest my emotion in what I was saying and bring the mood that they want. But it was interesting to learn a new language for that whole thing. Yeah. I missed it. It was also a man's voice. And I was even watching one of our commuters. I said, they weren't talking. They weren't necessarily talking to me. I was, I don't know if they were listening to me. Different things. Certain words, but it's slightly different.
Um, so it's all pretty real. I mean, it's pretty much the same. Oh. A good question. Do you have a question? Frame that up. If you were to play a different character in the movie, which one would you want to play? I love actually being the Red Wizard. You see, from what I read about the Mr. Frost, so they are doing something different with the story. So, because, you know, the lore, there's different storylines of her evolution and her storyline. So, if I, I would love to play her again and see more of her story or more of the Red Wizard kind of that side of the story, because that's not necessarily the focus of this movie. So, maybe the, you know, I'd love to dig deeper into her just because I already started. I don't know if I would want to play a different character. It was cool because there were other balls that from the side of her, like there was some of them. I think there were a couple that were wearing ball caps, but, but for the most part, the two of the other red wizards who were women, that had shaved heads, so they were like ball girl power, um, which was fun. But um, I, would, I would want to explore her more just because I only got a little dipping my toe in the water with her. So. You knocked out. You knocked out two of my questions this morning. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, is that time to interview? So. Trying to figure out the word in there. So you enjoy being the um, not really spoiler, but you enjoy being the red wizard. Did you? Yes, I do. It's because her again, looking into the research for who she is, who Demetra Flash is. She does have this interesting story, and I don't. Uh, I haven't played evil, I don't say evil, like, I got to see me, a little bit of a baddie, which I don't typically haven't done before, which I enjoy, too, sort of dig into that kind of game vibe of, of myself, I guess, but, but that was fun and interesting, and I like, I like the idea of exploring those kinds of magical, mystical powers and you know, that sort of stuff. It's, it's all very fascinating and interesting to me. So, yeah, I loved it. So, did you see what type of spells you were doing, or did you just play a, you know, sneaky flourish and make it look cool? Well, in that scene, I'm not doing spells. It's a harvest festival, and it's, um, uh, totally taking the name of the, uh, the highest red wizard who were celebrating. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Tuhal. Uh, totally taken out of the side. I don't remember the speech anymore. But anyway, um, we do talk, talk, I do talk about Josh Tom, but it's a harvest stuff. So it's sort of like we are talking about how great the things are, and it's going to be the best day of the year, and we're going to show how great the things are. 
business are sort of not just in cell and literally in this case that's introducing the harvest harvesters and trying to galvanize, you know, the citizens of Bay to praise and worship. So yeah. I was thinking about right after the Yeah. Okay. 
covered up, you know, but not. Uh, I just was like, I, this is my first time here tonight, and I was like, my introduction. I didn't want to take anybody off. I was like, I want to be, in, I want them to welcome me into the family more. So I'm not going to do anything like the rub and wrong way. Similar with this, I think. When we go to the agency, that was the fun thing. You really don't know what's going to end up in the final cut. I did an ADR session, like two weeks after we shot, or a little more, an ADR session where I recorded additional bits. It was so fascinating to watch. I could hear the speech that I gave on set, keeping up with the visuals. That was the first time I even saw a glimpse of the visuals, what it looked like with the training stone and the whole thing. And the way the sound was there. Yeah, it was amazing. She was amazing. Like, she kept it up. But time-wise, I guess they needed more, so they kind of improvised something dialogue on the spot. And they were like, so they didn't need more dialogue, so it was pretty good. And then, oh, I'm just getting that ready to go over. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's a wonderful old movie Um, it was more the timing. It was more the timing of it, and I can't remember now if that was a visual dub or just a timing thing. Like that happened when I did Timeless as well. Sort of like they wanted the camera to move a certain way, and the written dialogue was too short. And they're like, they need you to be talking longer so the camera comes back around to and you're finishing at this point. So they added dialogue on on the fly there. The only thing I think is that because of the pacing, they were doing this thing with the train stuff and they wanted to um, do a, a, what do you call it, a motion, they sped it up. So like I, on some of the pieces, I was literally moving in slow motion. Like so if I, instead of speaking like this, I had to do that, but move my arms slow. So that when they do the, when they sped up the film, it looked like normal. So I think, uh, when they saw the final cut for the, of that scene, they needed to extend. I thought they needed to extend, but then they also added some other stuff to the side. So it's a separate side screen shot. But, but how they cut it together is mm -hmm. different than what I had seen. Yeah. yeah. And obviously it's the time, and I don't know how long the movie is, but so this scene is like, I think it was back in midpoint. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, it's not quite in the Yeah, I was on point in the but it's also, if you didn't know that that was my scene, you might miss it and have to get, you know. Who knows? 
That's where we talk about a good Thank you. 
Right. And also with, with this one, when it's so gradual, that I suppose when you're looking at pictures from like a year ago, then you can sort of start to see the difference, but like you don't necessarily see it while it's happening because it's, it's incremental. Possibly. I suppose
not interacting with other people. That was like a big shift, you know. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm also quite comfortable being uh, alone. Um, so I, it didn't affect my day-to-day, except for not having human engagement in the same way. But uh, ironically, I don't know, and I, sometimes I feel, I don't know if you call it pandemic guilt, or whatever, like, when I say, the pandemic is great for me. <laughs> like, I can work from home, because like, I used to have like an hour or more commute traffic, which for me is in New York, that's the worst, the hardest thing about being in LA for me is, is always the driving and traffic. Because New York's like, okay, I get on the train and fog and all, the subway system, whatever, but still, like, you get where you gotta go within a few blocks where you gotta go, it's 24 hours a day. LA, so traffic, it's just kind of mixed and matched sometimes. So now when you have that commute, and it's just getting to work, like, constant, and you're just like, you know, people texting and driving, oh, you know. You know, energy-wise, I'm like relaxed. I have kind of chronic bouts with insomnia, so like I can actually like sleep in for that extra 45 minutes, which is awesome. I can go temperature because the office building is freezing cold. Like freezing, like my fingernail circle has to every hour or so go outside and find the silver sun and thaw my hands out. Cold, irritating. So I can control the temperature, I control the noise, and I'm a proofreader, so we need like we to need quiet. And it's really focused because we're, you know, it's not just grammar, but we're looking at like, okay, there's an extra space between these two words, and, and we're looking at the size of logos compared to each other, and the copyright lines. We're looking at stuff in a very fine focus, and having controlling my own environment has actually made the job better. Like it made me better at my job. On top of that, our team, who one of whom used to be remote anyway, and now two of us are remote, and two of us are here in LA, but we are now. We can see each other more in virtual meetings than we ever, especially the one time who was always virtual. Like, there's one person who worked on our team for the first five, six years, didn't even know he was like, never spoke to him on the phone, it was all email stuff. So my colleague and I was kind of, we were, we had made a whole made up story of like what he was like based on his name. And he had a, kind of a British sound to it. We had a big jacket and pipe. We had all this stuff on us. And then he put his thumbnail in the email and said, oh wow, that's not, Okay, so then we changed the backstory for <laughs> And then one day, like, again, like, two years ago, we had a Skype thing with the IT department or something, and he heard his voice the system. He's like, wow, we have all of this computer stuff. But, but that was like, so the three, there were three of us, and we worked together every day. And, but then the four of us now as a team, we actually talk, we have weekly meetings with just the four of us, and we talk like we know each other personally more. Like, we've deepened our relationship professionally, but also personally, since the pandemic, and it's like just family. And that wouldn't have happened without the pandemic. So it's this weird, like, beautiful development, professionally and personally for me. And as far as, like, with my boyfriend, I've been with my boyfriend, Brandon, for fully just 14 years. But, um, same thing. Uh, we don't live here. And he's about 20 minutes away. So, for me, an hour, during the week, I wouldn't really see him. I would see him on the weekends, because the weekends didn't actually really see him. I work at home from the, um, the, during the week, and then I, we hang out on the weekends. He's kind of like my weekend oasis, like we hang out on the weekends. So that rhythm didn't change as much at all, really. So the pandemic for me has been great. <laughs> Except for 
first rapid movement of any human interaction that's like beyond, I mean, a little bit of a bubble is just in brain, and, and we're still in pretty strict protocols for healthy things too. So especially only traveling, I think I talked to you about that. I need, I need big wolves to book me on a job so I can fly back home to New York and see my sister and my brother. But like so that, and we're, you know, and I also don't want to lose a job because I get COVID, so I go out to an event and then I book something, but I test positive. So part of it is saving the COVID karma, what I call COVID karma. And so that if I book something, I know I'm not going to be because I, I'm very curious. You know what I mean? Because I, I, my actors are new actors throughout the pandemic, but I mean, one, one person who booked an eight, like a recurring eight episode thing on our show, Went out to celebrate, tested positive, and lost the day. And that was very early when I was like, that is not for me. The whole time you're in LA and doing activism and all that is to do acting. And, and also, of course, I love my cooking, because I'm a nerd and I love proofreading, so I actually am compulsively proofreading. So I think it's okay to do something I do compulsively that I love doing. It's awesome. Do you have a way to do um, yeah, I don't want to risk it. So I, I still have a little bit of an isolated existence, but overall, the pandemic actually has been great for me. And I feel horrible saying that because I know it's been awful for a lot of people. Can you still cover all of this to question? Yes. I try to be detailed in my, maybe too detailed. I do have one last question. And that is, so you told us about, about the heavy costume and everything for your character in Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm wondering in any way that you want to answer this, which one was more difficult to you say that or uh, or being a scroll? That's the one. That the, the prosthetic process was much more involved. Um totally geeked out the whole time. So the whole time it's not like two hours or whatever, I'm just like uh, it wasn't too arduous. The costume for both, it's funny, both times, both in terms of wardrobes were things that I could not get out of myself. So I would have to get help if I had to think I would get bathroom break. So, pretty much physically though, the, the weight of that, of the dungeon, the very good shape and the tunic and everything that, Right. 
so that didn't bother me for some reason. The contacts didn't bother me once they were in there. As long as they hydrated, the full, full eyeball contacts didn't, didn't bother me. But I was also in the kitchen because I was in the mother and working with them. Okay. Oh my gosh, yes, that was so uh, hilarious because, you know, we're just, we get to, when we're shooting, we get set to go straight to makeup. So the makeup artist knew where I would go, because I would show up at ten and at five o'clock in the morning. And then all the rest of the time I'm on set, I'm in the process. They have to, have to go to do some charts. So anytime I was walking around on set, I was in the hotels. And so we shot the bulk of the stuff I was shooting was in that summer of 2018. And then from December, we had reshoots. Oh, and, and then we shot in Baton Rouge. And shooting that one, she left before I did. There was a rap party, a rap party in, in New Orleans, but um, then we were scheduled. We didn't go to the rap party, so that that was the first time I met Drew and um, the cast members without makeup. And like I was standing there, and kind of like, hey, and I was just kind of like staring kind of for a minute. And then I would see her and hear my voice, and like, you know, oh, my God, oh, you do. <laughs> um, so that was the fun thing to do. Of like, you know, guess who I am? But, but I could be totally incognito on set and nobody knew I was. So then come December, there was a reshoot. So we shot, we re-shot something for the scene in the house and we're all at the dinner table together. So it was just Ben and I, lots of blue scenes, sitting at this table and we, we kind of recreated just what was behind us. I forget why, but it was a reshoot for that scene. And um, so then that was, that was the official wrap. So I get on my trailer, I get all the stuff coming out that didn't get used. Um, I'm getting ready to leave and I'm like, I'm just saying goodbye to everyone. I wasn't sure where Ben was actually at the time, but I went to the main, uh, uh, Brian Kyle, who's considered head of the Legacy Effects, who was doing doing Ben's stuff. So I went to go say goodbye to Brian. That's a trailer, I said, Brian's still here. I went in there and they were, you know, he was, um, Ben was in, he had his girl makeup box too. And I just kind of walked in the camera and I was like, oh, and we were looking at each other in the mirror. And I was kind of like, and he's like, oh, that's what you look like in human form. Yeah, hi, how are you? You know, so he was so sweet. big hug and everything. He was very, very wonderful to work with. He was a very generous actor. Wow, amazing. But yeah, that was the first time. He actually did see my picture, though, in Baton Rouge in the summer. But, um, uh, the woman who's working with him has shown him a picture of me. So he was leaving the set in Baton Rouge, and, and I was like, oh, no, you can see each other. And he gave me a hug, and he's like, oh, I know what you look like, by the way. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, okay, bye, thanks for the great work. I was like, good job. <laughs> but then, yeah, it was like a full six months later before we actually saw each other as, you know, as, as, as the Earthlings. Okay. I'm 
curious. Out of curiosity, I'm curious to your thoughts if something is happening. Then I'm curious about your thoughts on it. I know how I have feelings about it as an actor, so I want to hear what you guys think. There are two things One that separate that is uh, MCU related. And I don't know. Are you feeling? Are you feeling kind of MCU burnout with all these streaming series? The whole streaming because of the pandemic again. This advent of so much streaming. So many more people doing that and shows and programming and stuff. Are you feeling like superhero burnout? If you're not feeling it yourself, do you think there is a superhero burnout? movies and those streaming series spin off way in the canon. Okay. Start with Mike and Greg, Derek, or whichever one you want to answer. Hey. For me, for like specifically with Marvel, all of them were fine except for me with She-Hulk. I didn't like how they were constantly breaking the fourth wall. I don't know. I didn't like it. It didn't make it. It makes it didn't feel more sitcom. It didn't make it feel Marvel to me. Whenever they broke the fourth wall, it didn't feel like Marvel. Well, you didn't even rent it. Can you break so heavy? I've read a couple of them. I haven't like gone deeper into it though. You do the expectations, so I can see why that would bother you. Yeah. Yeah. But it was but also she hoped it's not she didn't always do it. So it was more the series did it more than the comics. Is that it? I wouldn't Well no. What I was saying there were especially like, depending on who was writing, and what they were doing story-wise, what type of story they were doing, um, or, or some, some writers would ever do it, and some wouldn't. I mean, what's the source material that they were trying to find? I think they were trying to find a lot of stuff. Right. Um, but as far as like burnout and you know, the, the uh, whole, there's too many series of you know, Loki and, you know, the, the whole like, Miss Marvel, then Miss Marvel starts coming in and then, you know, are you feeling, what's your sense or personally or what you're seeing or feeling out there of, of superhero movie slash series burnout? Or is that? I didn't watch Moon Knight, but I think I started to feel like 
immediate to condense because again with the pandemic and we're all just we're at home so we're watching more. I actually really like that tonight. Yeah, yeah, I really like that tonight. I'm not seeing like I have a few things and I make fun of it for it, but I do like to see Yes, um, yes, that one. I'm, I'm a rogue one. I'm in the rogue one. 
position. Um, there is some. But I think you could use that by turning back to the years or whatever. Make people, make people be waiting for me to turn. Right. You know, we can do this tomorrow. That's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. But, hmm? <laughs> I want to watch them all. I want to watch them all. Even if I didn't have them, I would still be watching them. I would still be watching them. I was not a Moonlight fan before I watched the series, but I still wanted to see the series. And I wanted to see the series. Did you ever watch the What Else? Yes, yes. I love the What Else. Mm. Overall, um, we don't have to go to last season and go to the next season. Well, it's only done on one season. I'm always the first to ever get and I have to know 
you know, that's always been something in my heart. First, you know. Else. For me, it's not the worst. 
this is what I was told to wear jeans for you. Thank you. 
but but also because it makes sure what he's gone through though, where he can't he's running and losing the capacity of being in control over his movements and speaking. So maybe that might be something that's just therapeutic for him, or like cathartic, or feel makes him feel maybe that's something that helps him cope with what's happening to him right now. I don't know. It's a very personal choice. When I think about it, when I extrapolate into like you know, that becoming a theme for everyone. You know, they have those, what, what was the name of the altered carbon? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if that's what our world ends up being, where we're, we're just, we all had these, you know, we're right. putting it back, they can go, and we could, you know, become whoever, like, I, I you know, I can bring that in the future, I do. Social media and that becomes a way, the internet has become a way where people can generate work and income right. for the craft that they do and they put their work out there. And now because it's out there, it can be used in the aggregate pulling in of styles and genres and whatever that then this, this AI, whatever, like a mid-journey, the mid-journey type AI can then take their stuff and replicate their work without paying them. And now they're going to monetize it. So now we're paying a company to do something where they are for free aggregating other people's work that they're not paying for. So and how are artists that we're going to have to do that? Because right now there's no social phone necessarily under copyright laws or other things. Well, right. It's, it's like, how do we, how, how can artists be protected? Mm -hmm. So how, how artists expect us to be, make a living and survive? And right. And do thing that we all take for granted, I mean, societally. Like, the little things like entertainment is just, it's over there, but it's like, would you all pay for watching movies, watching TV shows? Like, so we, as artists, should be compensated for contributing what we're contributing to the society. So if we're, if we're not able to make a living to sustain ourselves through our craft, then, you know, it's right. a moral quandary there, I think. Yeah. And an ethical, artistic quandary. Because it's also fascinating, as a 
Thank you. 